shining a beacon on the bazaar. Then our kid, are we all packed up for our jolly bobs? I've got it all, I think. I've got beach balls, t- beach towels, I've got it. I can't find my snorkel though. Have you seen my snorkel? I've got it over here. This oh, is yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, beauty. That's it. We've got, that's it. We've got it all, mate. Yeah, Hampers all packed full of food and booze. All oh, right, let me tick off what else we need to be getting here, right? Um, three pairs of undies. Yep, oh, I don't wear them. All right, all right. I'll, well, I'll just wear them. That's yeah. all right then. I wear, wear the undies. Um, have you got pot pies packed? Yeah, pot pies, plenty of pies. Right, that's great. Is that other things we need? A uh, bit of talcum powder. That's good for getting the sand yeah, off the Yeah, thing. yeah. I use it on my balls, to be honest with you. <laughs> you got smooth yeah. the eye, yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting stubbly could do with a little, uh, a little help on those. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty good then. So what we need to do is get it all packed up, got it in the grip, the camper. Yeah. Everything's packed up and ready to go. So it's time to go on our holidays. Right, so here we go. Let's go. We can make sure you lock the door. Yep. Lock the door. Right, yeah, lock, here we go. Right. And yeah. here we go. I'm setting off a big journey now. Big yep. journey. Oh. Right. I've got all, oh, it's on my back. It's on my pack. Right, here go. we go. Right. Right, we're here. <laughs> I can't wait. This is it. We're on holiday. I can yeah. starts now. Open up Caravan Door. Here we are in Co Caravan Door. Oh, I love it. I love this time of year. I love me jollies. I know, but the good thing is, at least we're in the shadow of the actual lighthouse as well. <laughs> Keeps it cool. Keeps it does. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice to have a bit of sun, but you know. <laughs> Well, we can't go too far, you see, because we've got to look after the lighthouse, exactly. even got, on our holidays. Exactly, we've got to scamper back and do that at night, haven't we? But no, the caravan, it's a lovely change. Great atmosphere, isn't it? And it means we still are at Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. And I'm Matt. I'm Benny. So this time we're doing a little bit of a bit of a more relaxed atmosphere, Ooh. I think. We're going to chill out, kick back and have a little bit of fun here. Well, sounds good, Cove, a bit yeah. of relaxed times. Yeah, Need it? we do, definitely. So let's start casting. Bye. Two because the type one is wow the militant. Oh, the turn on you, the rabbit of the type one. Yeah, oh. they'll have you. As soon as you're talking about diabetes, they'll just go for the throat. They hate the type two as somewhat rotten. It's like the bloody West Bank, isn't it? Steady. Let's not go there. At least calm down for 24 hours. Well, the first little bit of casting we've got to do is it's, it's about holidays. Which is oh. quite nice, you know what I mean? So what we need is a nice little uh, place to go on holiday, do Oh, that'd be nice. You know, somewhere maybe, maybe for next year. Yeah, yeah, something to look, look forward to. And it's it's quite reasonable prices as well, I've noticed. And the, the rooms are, what, 
It's ninety pound a night. Right. It comes with excellent restaurant cuisine. What free food? Uh, no, no, no. I think I'm not ninety sure. quid and you pay for your own fodder. Uh, well, I think it's like it's a very high quality restaurant. It's attached right. to this partic- particular hotel. You see, this particular hotel in Norwich. <laughs> I'm about to take pastry there. Is it Orlando? <laughs> Orlando's is open. <laughs> Of course, Orlando's is all open now, oh, and he's, wow. very, the, 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 he's taking great pains to say what an excellent restaurant there is on board there. The rooms mm-hmm. look very nice and everything. He's all like saying, but he always denies the restaurant. Strange that, isn't it? It is. But now he's saying he has got a restaurant attached. So I have a feeling now that if we were to go to Orlando's, you'd get, get the finest Japanese cuisine <laughs> <laughs> and a rather lovely room. So I'm ringing him. I'm finding his number. I'm ringing this place. Up. Yeah, listen, I've, I've, um, we've actually got a little story. Another story from Norfolk today so, so, ah. yeah, so that's quite a good one but if we ever I've discovered that Strange Norfolk is very strange is that, so, why is that a name for it Strange Norfolk no 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 it's oh, like, that's like a sign of things you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like strange yeah it's just, just a thing where you know you talk about like the strangeness that goes on in these areas I think it's like an east coast thing for me yeah, yeah you know what I mean a lot, there's a lot going on on the east coast yeah I think it's very odd I think it might be just the people to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's like uh, if we do happen to go to Norfolk we've got to stay all oh, mate, absolutely like, Podcast from Orlando's. <laughs> yeah, get, our, up. <laughs> get our hands on chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then even an interview with Orlando. Oh, that'd be a dream going. come true, our kid. So we're glad to say that they're open. I mean, you know what? I mean, fair play to the guy. We're just trying to survive. Exactly. Good luck to him. Like yeah. And he's still there and he's doing business. So if you happen to be in the Norfolk area, do look at Orlando's yeah. and let us know what the uh, spring rolls are like. A <laughs> <laughs> <I> bit delicious. <laughs> Story, our kid here. Oh, another right. one. Orlando and the rest. Yeah, another goop candles exploded. <gasps> As it? Gwyneth, you killer. Exactly, this is it. So, this is um, Gwyneth Paltrow's goop is being sued by a Texas man who wants a jury trial after his, this smells like my vagina candle exploded in his bedroom. Uh, what were he doing with it? This <laughs> is a thing. I mean, first of all, so let's have a look at the story first, right? He says, Paltrow's, this is from uh, Lily Wakefield for Pink News. So Paltrow's controversial brand Goop famously released a candle named This Smells Like My Vagina in January 2020. We know about this, we've covered this extensively, right? 69 quid, ironically enough, for this candle. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty bird. (laughs) So, and and it's 69 pounds for the pleasure of having their home smell like geranium, citrusy bergamot. Or just mott. <laughs> Burger mott. And cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask rose and ambretta seed to put this in mind of fantasy, seduction, and a sophisticated warmth. So she's claiming her fanny smells well, like all these things. Very dull about proper onks. Yeah, that's it, does it? <laughs> like, it smells like, as you said before, like crack and curve docks, doesn't it? <laughs> Colby Watson, who filed a class action lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California this week, claims that his candle exploded and his bedstand was engulfed in vagina-scented flames <laughs> just three hours after he lit it on 6th of February. So he's had this thing. He's, now, if it smells like a fanny, right, 
He's Can alone. And he's alone in his room. Oh, I know what'll get me in the mood. Yeah, that's like the only one he's ever smelled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered. It's, and he reckons the incident could have cost him his life. Steady. And he says uh, he was injured despite the explosion and the candle's glass jar remained intact. How did it explode then? And it's, I'm thinking now, it, this sounds like to me this guy's trying it out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think he's heard about this candle going to be. He's yeah. thinking, yeah, little does he know that his, his reputation's going to be in tatters yeah, after this. Because yeah. he's alone he... in his bedroom with a fanny candle, right? <laughs> Which he claims has exploded and not hurt him at all. Yeah, but engulfed everything and it, the, the glass is still intact. And yeah, don't it's know not he, uh... good, is it? You know what I mean? But at the same time, one of them did actually explode. Yeah. So yeah. what made it explode? Did he get like an air bubble or something? I don't know. Science to that. It's weird. I imagine it. I don't know, no, I don't know. So I will go say that uh, his one maybe not is a lie, but I imagine a bit of fault in the glass, you know, the heat of it. The cupping, yeah, you know, something like, I mean, that. like it's maybe air bubbles in the glass or something, just over it, pop. Well, apparently, though, it says a warning on this smells like my vagina candle states that it should not be left to burn for more than two hours at a time. Oh, well, he's but, blown it then. Yeah, he's he? blown it, hasn't he? He's had it on for three hours, and that's yeah. it. Maybe it's like a ticking time bomb after that. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing with fire, literally. <laughs> oh, I think he's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think he's got a. Uh, I don't think he's got leg to stand on, to be honest. I hope he does, though. I hope he sues and milks her like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Never been a fan. Never no, been a fan. I, I, I like some of her stuff. Some of her acting roles. She's been all right. With, mm, you know, couple, couple, yeah, no, but uh, she was good in Seven. Very good in Seven. Yeah. I think we said it last time. Talented Mr. Ripley. She was good role in that. Yeah. She was just like. I think she has been. She just lost the plot. She's yeah, lost the grip yeah. on reality. I, mean, I didn't like that bit when she said that it's like her punk candle. Is that smells like my? You can just imagine them all lardy down in it round her and that kind. Of, oh, great! Yeah, this yeah, is so controversial. Can. All having meetings in on beanbags and uh, stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. Oh, and God. it's a case. It's like round here. You see now, around, around these parts, the posh end of Crack and Cove. You can see people wandering around with the lattes and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Time, yeah. You know? And the way they're sort of like three yoga pounds. pants, yeah, yeah. Oh, all that. Like, bullshit, yeah. Oh, I just need it. I didn't have coffee at home. I just need it on yeah, the go. I've got my terracotta, terracotta Patagonia puffer jacket on. <laughs> I really need my cup of choo choo. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Was around here. That's what that is. It's all cool to be having coffee, but mm. whereas like in California, it's not cool to have coffee anymore. Is uh, it? You're yeah. all having like green drink and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, like spinach and bean and yeah, stuff like that. So, they're such a joyless set yeah. of fuckers. Aren't I've they? heard that. Like, say California is just no fun at all. It's just really no. Well, they like getting stoned, I suppose, don't they? Yeah, he's that back in. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing, I think. I've got to get here, so. Yeah. But, you know. Play. <laughs> well, fair play at them, you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll, we'll watch this story. And if anybody out there has got a fanny candles blown up on them when they're having a wanker fun, <laughs> please let us know. Please be in touch, you know. No, you see, that he was in touch with himself for three hours, wasn't he? I know. It's not talk about a burn, it's more like a fucking friction burn. It's <laughs> yeah. Set his booze on fire. Yeah. That's maybe that what he's claiming. That's why all the hot wax has gone on to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe one. Looks like some of the cats being chewing by the end of that. <laughs> Exploded banger. Yeah. What, what happened to your dick, mate? Just give me a minute. I know uh, a Gwyneth Paltrow fanny <laughs> candle blew up onto it, Mum. <laughs> I'm not having that, Derek. <laughs> no, Mum, it's all right. I'm weary for the springtime when we take the road once more for the planting and the purling and the berry fields of blur. We'll meet up with our kinfolk. 
all the world around when the Gangaberg folk take the road and yellows on the broom. When yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, and I'll get you on the road again. When yellows on the we're on our travels at the moment and doing a bit of holiday making and things like that. Why do we travel to Spain? Oh, I love a bit of Spain. Well, I see, see. Yeah, I love a bit of San Miguel. Well, do you know what's worse? It's ever since that beer brewing course, you know. Oh, I mean? yeah. I, I, I kid you not now. It's, it's hard to find gluten free beer. It really uh, is. It's yeah. bloody difficult, yeah. is that? Especially when you got you have to get your glasses out for sort of read back in camera. <laughs> yeah. feel like a right dickhead. <laughs> But I noticed that in the gluten-free aisle of uh, Kraken Cove stores over at the docks there, yeah, yeah. Um, they had uh, CC San Miguel gluten-free. Wow, there you go. So I so got myself a four-pack of them, got them all chilled really nice. nicely, got myself a few salted peanuts out, yeah, all that malarkey, right? Took a big old gulp. Tastes like piss. Oh, did it? Not good piss, bad piss. Bad piss. Wow. And I realised then it's not. Mm. I don't like I can't drink Audrey B now. Oh, you got all posh in I'm your crap. Posh. So these me oh. talking about bloody, all, you know, the <laughs> capuchoos and posh, local poshies. And my palate has been totally oh, ruined. Saying that it, it is, it's not the best beer, but it does remind me of Spanish holidays. That's why I yeah. kind of, you know, when I taste it, it just gives me that feeling. But you're right, it's not the best. I'm a bit like that with Keo. Keo Lager from Cyprus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that, but just through sort of sentimentality, you know. Yeah. I had a flavour, I just did not like it. But then I uh, I discovered a Kirkstall Brewery's Virtues. That's a gluten free oh, yeah. beer, just about the best you can drink I think, for that. As a gluten free beer. Yeah. That's until I make a potion. Oh, yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Get on it, mate. Yeah, get, on, get it. on it, you know. Alchemy of your beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's pure green. <laughs> can it be true, Edmund? <laughs> Come on, get on with it. We do dither. We do dither on blithering on as usual. <laughs> But this is a story that's been covered a few places. Um, I've got to cover it. There's yeah. no two ways about it. And you might have heard Ooh. this already, which is the body of a missing man discovered inside a stegosaurus in Spain. Fuck no. <laughs> wow. Whoa. So this is from Coast to Coast AM. Oh, lovely. The home of George Norrie. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Tim Binnell for that. So, an unfortunate man in Spain perished after he climbed into a stegosaurus statue to retrieve his lost cell phone and wound up stuck inside. Jesus, what, how long were he in there for? That's insane. So the unsettling turn of events reportedly came to light over the weekend when a father and son were playing near a sizeable papier-mâché dinosaur, right? Do you yeah. want to see it? Yes, please. Look that big lad. Well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. I yeah. quite like it. It's a good, good model. We're going to put this, this on our... This is fucking weird, though, isn't it? So, right, uh, sits, and it sits outside a disused cinema in the municipality of Santa Coloma de Gramanet. Right, we also have been a fun outing. Took a dark turn when the pair spotted something odd inside the statue, and promptly phoned the police. Now, I think what they actually sort of noticed at first was the smell. Because yeah. Spain's a hot old town, oh, isn't it? Ain't gonna take long, is it? Yeah, and when they so. When officers arrived on the scene, they quickly determined that the out-of-place object was, in fact, a dead body. Right, so the man and his son were there. I thought you meant the man and the son and the man went in for his Oh, son. no, right, no, no, yeah. they found it together, yeah, the grisly discovery, yeah. right? So explaining the gruesome situation, cops say that the remains were located in one of the fake dinosaur's legs, and that it appeared as if the man, who had been reported missing by his family earlier in the day, 
I've somehow lost his cell phone inside the, the piece of the coin. <laughs> pieces, How? Like, and I've been attempting to retrieve it. So I don't know how he's got into the thing to start with. I mean, I can't see him. There must be like a, maybe a little, a little bubble patch somewhere. Or something. So they've climbed up the bubble. <laughs> like a story. How he's got his phone into there, I don't know. For a start, you, take, you know, when you put your camera torch on, and you're like filming inside. It drops. It, maybe so that's what he's been doing. Crawls actually, it. Isn't it? So he died. It's just a day. That's all it was. Well, no. It, it looks like he got into the statue head first yeah. and couldn't get out. And chillingly, cops indicated the man was probably stuck inside the Stegosaurus. For a couple of days. Oh. So what it looks like he's done, I think he's from like above. I think he's managed to get in from above somehow, right? And he's got into this thing. But then he's, as he's been trying to reach his phone, he's he slipped into one of the legs oh. head first. Oh god! And then he's not been out because he's all been squished up. He's not going to grab his phone. Uh, oh, that out. is gr- what an uncomfortable way to die as well. Like. Head first in a Stegosaurus leg. Being <laughs> 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 every time you're like, oh, oh got in a power to scream, help! But outside it just sounds like the dinosaurs roaring. Yeah, like that's clever, isn't it? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> crying now. <laughs> Sad Stegosaurus. Oh, crying wood and all. Yeah. yeah. The last bit. And he's saying they just oh. rattling, they're all feeding peanuts or something. Oh, You're like, oh, no. The thing is, though, don't crawl into some life. If I drop my phone in that, I'm going to get a brick or something and just, like, smash its leg off. Yeah. Stuff. I want to crawl inside it. I love rather than actually thinking to yourself, well, that's my phone lost. No, I'll smash the Stegosaurus' <laughs> leg off with a brick. Ain't it? They're too expensive with these Nokias, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Nokias. See, that you could probably smash it to me with a Nokia. Yeah, you could work with that, yeah. The, the original brick. <laughs> But no, I like to think he's eating him. That's what I like yeah, to think. He's just walking up, chased him round. Wow. Like, and eating yeah. him. Night in the museum style. Oh, just no. gobbled him up. <laughs> <laughs> what but, a way to go. Well, I mean, that's as well. I mean, his name's going to come out. He's going to be found out where he is, his family. They're all going to... And, when, you know, people who don't know, I say, oh, where's that? Manuela, uh, well, I haven't seen him for ages. Where's Manuela? Is he... Uh, What's he fucking... Uh, you didn't hear about how he's died? No, well, what happened? Oh yeah, he got stuck inside a dinosaur head first <laughs> and died over three days. Oh. Bleak, what a shit way to your funeral? He's dead in leg in that. Could cook him out and just fucking like doing it. Fucking feet dangling out of the top. Entire Stegosaurus <laughs> having to bury the whole thing. Well, at least I put black shoes on him. He had his <laughs> Nankies on. <laughs> wow, bleak ending mm, there. Really just bleak. Like, life lesson there. Don't do something dickheadish like that. You're on your own. I know. I'll crawl inside a fucking dark, yeah. fucking closed space. No, no, no. no not big, it's not it. clever. It keep, it all. keep out the dinosaurs. Yeah. Just yeah. keep out the dinosaurs. <laughs> They're dangerous. <laughs> Well, while we're here in Spain, I think we'll uh, we'll stay for a while. Yeah, that'll be nice. You know what I mean, because there's a. This is a story by Sam Jones, and uh, it's in in Madrid. For the Guardian, is this one right? So there's a new uh, there's a new Batman comic coming out. Ooh, right? It's a big one. It's like a mega anthology. You know what I mean? It's yeah, called, yeah. It's called Batman: The World. Ooh. And basically, what happens is Batman's traveling around the world, fighting crime all over the shop. Wow. Right? 
So, this he says, given his 82 long years of rooftop vigilantism, the dank, lonely surroundings of his home office, not to mention the tickly throat irritation caused by all the growled threats, hmm. right, few would begrudge Batman some sun, a nice paella, or a cheeky mid-morning pint or five, right? <laughs> because basically what's happened here, they've, got ch they've chosen a place from every, all over the place. So, yeah. for example, it's like a cr crusader will face all manners of threats and challenges... 14 different countries, including Whoa. Brazil, Japan, Mexico, and Turkey. Full world tour. Full world tour, right? But where do you think he'd go in um, in Spain? Where would you take the Cape Crusader? Uh, Magaluf. <laughs> <laughs> He's off to Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what, do you know what uh, crimes he's going to solve? Fucking expat English fucking drug dealers on the run or something. <laughs> Big gammon headed fucking well, bald headed <laughs> bulldogs. Yes. Bulldog tied fools. As it happens, none. He's oh. genuinely going on holiday. In the suit. He's going to be on the beach in his suit. <laughs> so Benny Dom is unfortunately only too happy to oblige him on his little holiday quest, right? So the Eastern Spanish resort is among the exotic locations that feature in Batman. Fucking World, exotic, right? steady. I'm going to say, plain as hell, isn't it? The Spanish segment, they say, will allow him to feel a little warm sand between his clawed toes. <laughs> <laughs> the award-winning Spanish graphic artist Paco Roca admits that it took him a while to alight on the idea of sending Bruce Wayne on holiday to Benidorm. Mm. I think more like digging at the bottom of the barrel, yeah, mate, you know, it, yeah. totally run out of ideas. Yeah. Right? But the more he thought about it, the more he made sense. He says, short stories are always tough, and this one is only 11 pages. So you run the risk of trying to fit too much in. And these kind of stories are crammed with action-packed, fist-fight-heavy tales because that's what the public expects. So I thought it would be quite fun to focus on relaxation. <laughs> so the juxtaposition is neatly summed up on the title page in which Batman, cup of coffee in one hand and mobile phone in the other, crouches on top of the famous Osborne bull as the sun goes down over Benidorm. Have you seen that little, it's like a big silhouette of a bull yeah, on a hillside, yeah. he's on top of that. Although Wayne does his best to engage in typical tourist behaviour, from hitting the buffet to raiding the minibar, oh, cool. <laughs> he won't be going quite full tourist by getting hideously sunburned since DC stipulated that his shirt had to remain on to avoid disclosing acres of scar tissue. Ah. Yeah, so he'd, he'd obviously draw attention, wouldn't he? Yeah, if he could say that he's top off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what they can say is like, uh, you could say that the story is about what happens when Bruce Wayne meets Bruce Wayne without the bat suit and about what he finds. It's almost like a little bit of a, a, a bit of self discovery it, in Benidorm. Oh, why Benidorm? It's really nice. I think it, I think it's the irony of it somehow. I think yeah. that's what he wants to do. He wants to kind of make it ironic that he's gone on holiday, you know. Yeah. It's, you know. So while the artist admits it would have been more obvious to have Batman's perch atop the Sagrada Familia. Uh, prowling Madrid's Plaza Mayor or working in the Giralda in Seville. He hopes readers will understand why he opted to locate the action in his native Valencia. I know Benidorm very well and I've been there many times, said Rocker. It's a good place to set a story because it's somewhere between Las Vegas and Gotham with all its skyscrapers. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> Is it? Sure. <laughs> Bruce Wayne going to donkey show and that. <laughs> Off to go see Sticky Vicky doing a floor show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, I'll discover it. Him jerking off in a dark corner. <laughs> Growling himself with a mask on. <laughs> yeah. No 
tequila. <laughs> what a mess. No, it's, it's, I think I can see where somebody would do it, but I mean, if I were going to do like uh, in, in um, Batman Abroad. Batman, Batman Abroad. <laughs> If you had to go to Yorkshire, you wouldn't have him sort of like staying somewhere really nice. Would you stick him, yeah. stick him in Brida somewhere, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Filey. Sure. Weak yeah. in Filey. <laughs> Filey's all right, actually. Brida's It'd have to be fucking Whitby, horrible. It? It'd have to yeah, be Whitby, yeah, yeah, Whitby's all over. It'd have to be sm- some smuggling operation somewhere. Yeah, like, like that. that yeah, yeah loads of kids in barrels or something like that. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> the boy in <laughs> the barrel. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> I would a bit of a thing though, apparently, wasn't it? I don't know what they made him do, but it was like the boy in the barrel. You're basing. What? <laughs> apparently, that's what sailors used to do, get the boy in the barrel. What do you mean, get the boy in the barrel? So you put him in the barrel and they'll stick the dicks in the <laughs> Yeah, kind of. I think that's what, what was the thing. I might have to do a little bit of research. But boy in the barrel? I, mean, I just dreamed this. I don't know. <laughs> that's weird. It was when I was an apprentice coming up, yeah, that's, that's always the thing. was like, you're an apprentice, so you're going to be the boy in the barrel. Basically, they're threatening to sexually assault <laughs> you all the time. Whoa, but, yeah. what's the matter with just good old... <laughs> 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 I'll fucking beep it out. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me. You can just beep it. Ah, fucking beep it out, kid. <laughs> I'll beep it myself. <laughs> what, while you're listening to it, you just yeah. go beep? Yeah. I'll just do it randomly through the day just in case someone else is listening to it. <laughs> beep! <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, maybe, maybe we'll just draw a veil over that particular yeah, scene. Yeah. But yeah, so let's face it, so if, you, if you're actually giving a little bit of a cheeky holiday embedded at home, you know, and you see sort of like a very gruff character. Uh, with a donkey shirt. <laughs> <laughs> donkey shirt. Say hi from us. Yeah, do, yeah. I've always liked Batman. He used to be a Spider-Man guy, but really, the older I get, the more Batman I am. Because yeah. the older you get, you get more right wing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My cold dead hands. saw there the idea like you know that, that he has his Batman has his little claws in the sand kind of thing <laughs> yeah but like that imagery but the thing is you see with his cl- a claw I mean it's all very well and good thinking about like a Batman's claw a little claw foot but you know what mm. you discovered a real claw what on your foot not on your foot just found it in a cave because this is a story the frightening discovery of the Mount Owen claw mm. this is by April Holloway for the Epoch Times and it reads Nearly three decades ago, a team of archaeologists were carrying out an expedition inside a large cave system on Mount Owen in New Zealand when they stumbled across a frightening and unusual object. With little visibility in the cave, they wondered whether their eyes were deceiving them as they could not fathom what lay before them. An enormous dinosaur-like claw still intact with flesh and scaly skin the claw was so well preserved that it appeared to have come from something that had only died very recently. How big we talking? You want to have a look at it? Oh my god, yeah. 
Oh, Jesus. So we haven't just got... I thought we might be one finger or something. But we've got one, two, three... Three fingers and then that little um, shitty thumb thing. <laughs> Ugh, look at it. And it's massive. Oh, my God. It's like sort of like bigger than your arm sort of thing. Oh, oh you know, it's, it's about what sort of, is that? It's about... I think it's about a foot and a half long. So in a cave... It's going to be cold and wet. It's going to go mank and rot if it's old, isn't it? You know what I mean? You won't be able to preserve it in a... What's it, is it a dry cave? I don't know. I think, I think it's a little bit drier. But I think mm. it's probably damp and cool. Sort of, I don't know. Not that too can't dry. be, like, dinosaurly, can it? That's got to be modern, recent. Well, what, what, what could it have been attached to? Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they came straight after the dinosaurs, didn't they, did the dragons? <laughs> in my timeline, yes. <laughs> But should we find out yeah, what it may yeah. have been, right? The archaeological team eagerly retrieved the claw and took it for analysis. And the results were astounding. The mysterious claw was found to be the 3,300-year-old mummified remains of an upland moa, a large prehistoric bird that disappeared from existence centuries earlier. A bit like pterodactyl type. It's not, no, it's a moa is a bit more like a bit of like an emu or an ostrich sort oh, of thing. Right. But these can get super massive. Yeah. I mean, really, really big, these. The upland moa, which was called a Megalepteryx didinus, was a species of moa bird endemic to New Zealand. And a DNA analysis published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences suggested that the moa first appeared about... 18.5 million years ago. Whoa, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, and there were at least 10 species, but they were wiped from existence in the most rapid, human-facilitated megafauna extinction documented to date. In other words, to that means, we killed them. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad you, you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, wow, wow. What? Again? That's it. So with some of the subspecies of moa reaching, right? Now, this is a bird. Yeah. They reach a height of 10 foot high, Whoa. or 3 metres. Um, and the mower was once the largest... 3 metres? 3 metres. Ah. So I'm under, sort of, I'm under top 2, two metres. Yeah. I'm about 1 metre 85 or whatever. Christ, stick another metre on you. Yeah. Whoa. And it's just these things. And, and the big belt as well. Like right? Big Bird? Yeah. No, not like Big Bird, actually, yeah. <laughs> Imagine Big Bird blacked up. <laughs> Immediately when you go, wow, just before he got cancelled. But you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a big bird. Yeah. Whoa. And it was once the largest species of bird on the planet. However, the upland mower, one of the smallest of the mower species, stood at no more than 4.2 feet. So it's still... Oh, still. Well, yeah. Kickable. Yeah. Well, yeah, I won't go that far, but you, 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 yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking just defence or? Yeah, I'm just thinking big. Imagine big on big bird. I'm well, the thing is now there's a certain big species of big birds of this sort of size. Where? Uh, in the UK, I know in the UK as Jesus. in sort of like in the zoos. Oh right, don't be <laughs> fucking there's scary. One called, there's it? one called the rear. There's the ostrich. There's the emu. Obviously, yeah, they're all really yeah. big things. And there is I can't remember the name of this all. I think it might be the red. But it's um, it's really dangerous because that talent foot yeah. can basically basically disembowel you. So you won't go around kicking one because if it kicked you back, you got somebody like you know, coming home in a carrier bag. <laughs> <laughs> Red kites scare me sometimes. You know what I mean? When you look at me, you think, "Oh, that Jesus, that's massive." Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. that coming down at you? Well, the thing is, as well, there's um, the the issue that you have with those creatures is like is because back then these 
sort of birds were sort of like they, they grew this big in isolation so it means yeah. but because they had very few predators or anything like that they could just get big yeah. eat lots of stuff and wander around for having a good time and they couldn't fly attack yeah these couldn't fly they were a flyless yeah. bird yeah but um but if you see one of them you just think well it does look like a dinosaur and that's like yeah. a dinosaur leg and you can just see their the direct lineage yeah. of a, a prehistoric bird to being a sort of you know just this ancient motor kind of character yeah. it's so tasty but as you said before, though, about the terror that you have, and sometimes seeing a giant bird in the sky. Mm. Well, the problem there was what happened was the, a massive eagle evolved to hunt things like these, <laughs> right? It was called like the Harst Eagle, I think it was. Wow. And that was like something ridiculous, like 10 times bigger than a golden eagle. Crikey. But what they discovered as well, these particular eagles, they found, they found before, they found human skulls with three puncture holes in them. Oh, one at the back to swooping yeah, down and grabbing all your noggin. That's what it did. Basically it swoops down when quite often like in yourself like having a drink of water or a lake or something yeah. like that. Hits you from behind. Whoa. So you wouldn't even know about it, right? And it's basically just bang straight in with a, with a, one of the talons, crushes his skull. Uh, Brainetted like yeah. dippy yock yock from yeah, the Yeah, it would be just the dippy yock yock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so like these these big eagles oh. were, were kicking about as well, huge right silent and that. Oh, yeah, and it's like I don't know whether they'd be able to carry off. But I did see footage of one carrying off like a deer the other day, oh, uh, and it's not a full-grown deer; it's a small yeah. deer, and he, but he still managed to take off. And small well, I've heard it with red kites, and they took lambs away, and that they picked up a lamb and yeah, I've heard on. that as well. Yeah, Little babies and all sorts. Well, there's another one, another <laughs> raptor called the Lamagaya. Uh, <laughs> I don't right. know what that eats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it eats a lot of stuff. It's actually um, the, the, it's known as the bone crusher because what it does is it's like it lives in like mountainous regions and things like it's yeah. all over Europe as well. These things, it's a big one, yeah. and they have seen them here. And then often they've been a bit off course. They've been spotted. Lama guy has been spotted yeah. over here. But what they like to do is they'll take, find like massive chunky cow bones and stuff like this. Yeah. Right, that's their favourite food. And what they do is just pick it up massive wings and they just fly as high as they can and they drop it. Ah, I think I've seen that on yeah, the television Yeah, and they just spiral down after the bone yeah. as it's falling. They do it in Nepal, that's right. Yeah, I think they're all over the place. Species of the Lama Guy are all over the place. Wow. Big, strong, powerful bird. Yeah. They lift stuff up. I mean, it might be the case that you see, you might lift a lamb, might a, a big red kite, yeah. and drop it in the fact they might hope to kill it sort of thing yeah. that way. It's an easier, easier feed then, yeah. but, you know. Easier feed. You know. What eggs taste like? But, what? What eggs? Their eggs. Big bird eggs. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to be yummy still, haven't they? Well, the, the, um, when you talk about a big bird, like the mower. All, all of them. Just all, you all, know, the all, all the birds that we just talked about then. I wonder what the eggs taste like. <laughs> well, Are they laying like chickens? Are they lay them all the time? Uh, no, it's not as often, some of them. But yeah. some do. Because actually, uh, um, just recently as well, a, an extinct species of emu over in like I think Australia or New Zealand, I'm not sure, they just all oh, that's extinct. It's been missing for years and years and years. Yeah. And they found a clutch of the eggs. Ooh. So and they're beautiful. So it's like a blue green, dark blue, like almost like olive green colour. Wow. Really beautiful eggs. Magical, isn't it? And um, I know I know um, my life. I know yeah. she's she's eating ostrich egg. Oh, uh, and apparently it's, it just tastes nice. And they see like a duck egg. Do you oh, like mate, egg? duck eggs are the best. But they're just like eggy eggs, aren't yeah, they? They're really like rich, eggy. though. Really yeah. rich and yucky, aren't they? Well, if you think of that, right? So you imagine like so uh, uh, the mower. Can you imagine the size of the bird. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, the, the I think it was actually David. I simply think he did a special thing on the mower. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's called the mower's egg. 
and they actually managed to find hundreds and hundreds of pieces of egg together to reconstruct a mower egg the right. size of it. And I kid you not, the size of it was like a foot and a half wide, something wow. like that. This thing absolutely yowled <laughs> egg, you know. So can you imagine the size of that? I got a big frying pan out and wow. get that into there. Imagine dipping bread you'd need for it, soldiers you'd need oh. for it. But then again, what about a big old breaded drumstick of a mower leg? Can you imagine <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah. There's no wings though, so that's a bit yeah. of a disappointment. Yeah. But, you know. It's a bit weird though, isn't it? Flightless birds. A bit shit, isn't it, really? What's... A bit shit? <laughs> you know, but you know, they're a bird and they don't fly. It's like the best bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. But then again, this is why people overlook the best, best creature on planet Earth, right? The duck. Mm, yeah. He can fly, he can walk, he can swim, he's the yeah, master of it all, he's all ducky true. ducky quack yeah, quack. True. Could be a good life actually being a duck. I think it? it'd be alright, one dickhead trying to shoot. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, I mean, yeah, the nicer ducks, I like. Yeah, I like ducks, I think they've got it all going for me, you know I mean? I'd love some ducks. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd bet they're funny. Yeah, I'd like to get some ducks, you know. <laughs> and let's face it, duck and pancake. We're having duck tonight, I think. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds I think right. that's my specialty for us. Oh, yeah. that'd be cool. Duck from supermarket, I had to wrung its neck around. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that though. Not, not in caravan, you <laughs> were chasing a duck around trying to twat it. Got pancakes and lot. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's it. You see, that's, that's the thing that I found. I managed to find this. And, and actually finding these things with soft flesh on the bones still, that does increase the chances of DNA extraction. Why has it still got flesh on it though? Like Conditions of the cave are just absolutely perfect. Millions and millions of years Well, old. this one wasn't. This one oh. was 3,300 years old. Right, so yeah. in the found human remains in similarly sort of well-deserved yeah, conditions yeah. and if you look at like the uh, mummies that are found in sort of like uh, South America yeah. um, a lot of those are like putting like little windswept caves in like a jar like yeah. a giant jar or, or, or like a woven basket yeah. and you look at them people just like they're asleep Ooh. and they're, they're, they're could be six seven eight hundred years old and they're not they're just, sort of preserved. just perfectly preserved there's no saying how long they'll be preserved for all that as well fascinating i like that one yeah it's it's totally like that. i'd love to see the mower but i'd love to see yeah. one I'd love, it's one of those creatures i'd love to go back and see this giant yeah. i think i bought a novelty might wear off straight away though it's like yeah. you see an ostrich you think well oh, just just one of them a bit i'll tell you i bet it's fucking scary though they're a bit aggressive you know like bloody eight-foot bird running after you and that. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, right, you know, like, at least you can see aggression in animals, can't you? You yeah. can't see it in a bird. They just suddenly go for you, don't they? They're yeah. just like, don't well, if you look at YouTube, the thing of pelicans trying to eat things. Have you ever seen that? No. He's pelicans literally just sort of looking at something, I'll try and eat that. And, and he does, he just tries to put whatever it might be, he's trying to eat a pig. With his big silly bill and all that sort of thing, you know. But I've seen him eating people can play because, like, Pelicans eat pigeons alive. Wow. Just, if it fits in their crop, if it fits in their big baggy old sack of a thing underneath them, uh, that goes down at the stomach to swallow it. Big scroty gobbits go. I know, but they do say mm. DNA wise, it's like a, it's almost like a living dinosaur is a pelican. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. very close, very primitive bird is a pelican. Uh, and you can tell by its evil little beady eyes, yeah. massive gob. The beady eyes, that's it. Yeah, mm. not right. Uh, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> I mean, even if you have duck and pancake, I, I could still turn around and say, Oh, you have that awesome cheese. And I'm, I'm <laughs> and they'll still be jealous. They're still be jealous of it, you know yeah. what I mean? But you've got to be careful with your cheese, you know, kid. Wow, cool. You could end up in jail. 
with cheese? With cheese could end up in jail or you wind up in jail, mate. Oh. I call them smuggled cheese. So, what it is, is have you ever heard of a thing called EncroChat? No. Right, because this is a BBC story, right? And it's cheese photo leads to Liverpool drug dealers' downfall. Oh. And there's... What, what's been going on recently is there's been this phone system, right? Where oh, you can, like, yeah, I've heard of this. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically the villains yeah. have had like a, like a, a, a phone system where you have a specially cracked, I think it's a uh, Samsung, a specially yeah. cracked Samsung, but it costs like about 1,500 quid, 2,000 quid or something. They came after the phone hacking on celebrities. They were a massive market for, safe phones. And yeah. the company provided, you know, basically celebrities, this is an uncrackable phone. Yeah. You can do all the selfies of your bloody candles that you want yeah, <laughs> and he's still going to get hacked but then drug dealers heard of it like yeah baby we're all over it right. it became the big business for drug dealers and of course that phone company was like yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah that's it so they did that well, well I don't even knew but the, the police did manage to crack it yeah. but they kept quiet about it Yeah. so yeah. they kept the business just kept rolling on they kept gathering information and stuff like this it came know? out a bit ago didn't it because there's that one in Denmark or Holland where they just found that full torture house it was like a yeah, warehouse yeah that's right absolutely. Like a, like a, what were going on in that, oh, I don't know. God, it's no, terrifying. It is, isn't it? But they, they've managed to crack sort of paedophile rings with it. They've yeah, managed to find uh, dr- loads of drug dealers. I mean, you know, depends on the drugs that people are selling. Some drugs are bad, yeah. some dr- drugs aren't so bad. Mm. But, you know, I think this is this guy's a bit of a piss taker, sort of like stuff he's been sort of yeah. selling. So. He's a scally, a wrong one. Yeah, so he's been selling heroin, cocaine, ketamine, and MDMA. So it's like some of those. I mean, you can forgive some, but you yeah, know, it's really, yeah, no. that's not good, is it? You're saying so. So, what they did was, can I show you this picture, right? Mm-hmm. And he was on his encro chat, right? He went under the name, oh, showing up about his blue, yeah, he's, he's about, and he was known as because uh, everyone has like a secret name on it, and he yeah. was known as Toffee Force for some reason, right? Oh, in prison. And it's um, well, it could be the fact that he's come from the Liverpool area, is it not like Everton? Yeah, 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 I think the, the Everton football team. I think were they not called called the Toffee Men or something well, like that? I don't know. Scooby Doo. I, I, I must admit, I'm not too yeah. sure. So it may be something to do with that. I don't know. I'm just having a guess, really. Yeah, good guess. So as he's he's selling drugs, supplying loads of stuff like that on this phone, this to- the Toffee Force was doing. Mm. But at some point, he decided to say, "Oh, I've got a little bit of a treat for me now. Look, nice big piece of cheese, right?" <laughs> and what's the mistake he's made there? Is it where he got that particular cheese? Is it like really? No, it's Max and Sparks. Yeah. Um, well, shall I tell you what it is? Yes, please. Well, the picture. Yes, yeah, so for the listeners out there, this is a. And we'll post this on our social media mm-hmm. accounts. It's a man holding a piece of cheese in his hand. So what they've done is they've taken the photo of the police. They've enhanced it. And we've read his fingerprints. Man, that is clever. Yeah. It is this one digit fully out there. Yeah, <laughs> and have matched it to his previous convictions. Oh, sweet. So this Carl Stewart 39 was identified through his fingerprints after police analysed the image he posted online chat. And he was jailed for 13 years right, and it six been months. really bad. Yeah, it'll have been absolutely... Yeah, that's a long time yeah. for a drug dealer. It, it is, it's big, it's, it's big time, you know. Yeah. And the detective said his love for Stilton cheese ultimately led to his downfall. After his palm and fingerprints were analysed, it was established they belonged to Stuart. Oh, he won't be eating his cheese in there. Good old porridge for you, son. <laughs> 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 the only cheese he gets is hard cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, you've got to be careful with these on your, your encrypted chat. It's quite a bizarre picture, though, anyway. He's showing enough about he's still. I know, This is what you get sometimes, though, with people, especially when it comes to drugs and you're immersed in that world. Yeah. You forget that it's criminal. Yeah, yeah. And people just get sloppy and they just make. There's that one yesterday, that David Foster, like, it's, it's so many millions. Oh, it's so many millions, you won't believe it. We've just found in this house and police busted. Like, what have you got all this cash in? And so we didn't know what to do with it, you know, because of lockdown, yeah. we just can't get it out. And we this was drug deals. Yeah, drug, drug, drug dealers are just like, and I mean, it was like something like 20 million. It were ridiculous about in one house, you know what I mean? And they just couldn't get rid of it because the normal uh, laundering techniques are just completely crippled. Oh, through certain shit. Yeah, yeah through certain it's that same kind of thing. They're just like, you just, you know, that amount. And they just couldn't well, because it. a lot of them is restaurants, isn't it? A lot of restaurants, um, because you can claim like a lot of cash. Oh, yeah, there's loads now. Loads of, I mean, you notice barbers, all dodgy barbers. Oh, are right. popular. I know before lockdown, everybody yeah. into barbers now. And they're probably screw because they're not even barbers. They're just laundering machines. Yeah, they, that's it. It's yeah. just shocking. It yeah, is, yeah. yeah, when you see it so plain sight, you think, well, I know what's going on, can't you, Mr. Plod? Yeah, but I suppose that's it, they go through and you, you, all you can see is here, there's people getting their haircuts at all hours of the day or whatever, and you, you know, there's not an awful lot you can do about it. poor, poor need to look deeper, that's what they need to do. The Pope, Big healthy chair leg and stuff like that. When, when I'm on proper food, yeah. when I'm stuff, yeah. But as soon as uh, as soon as uh, I'm off, that's it. I just blow up like fuck and just that's me, me. Today. that's me every day. Just well, you're playing glad to see It's tasty. It's like someone's cutting a lamb's throat when I go. That time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> going back to Norfolk, didn't I? Oh, aye. So when I said weird Norfolk, you see, what it is, the Eastern Daily Press, right, the mm. newspaper, that's like a Norfolk newspaper, they do a little section called Weird Norfolk, and we've actually, actually had a few stories from them before. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah it does ring yeah. a bell, it really does. And the two reporters who cover this sort of, like, beat, as it were, oh, cool. is uh, Stacia Briggs and uh, Siofra Connor. That must be cool having a job like that, wouldn't Well, weirdly it? enough, it's, I think you can do it freelance. Ah, right, yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. I'm not sure that's what they do all the time, but yeah. you can do it freelance and just sort of supply stories and sell stories, as long as you're a wow. good writer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to be honest, I've been tempted to do that recently. But yeah. The only thing I don't have is time. Yeah. So I would quite fancy doing like a compilation short stories, short pieces on, you know, weird things and local mysteries and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'd love to do that. But this one is particularly unsettling, I think. Cool. Right? And this is the Thetford ghost child that rides a headless rocking horse. Oh, he rides it? That is bewitched shit, is that? That's it. So be careful if you walk across Nun's Bridges in Thetford after nightfall, as this is where a child ghost has been seen riding a headless wooden rocking horse. The ghost of little Lord Dacre has been riding across the ancient water crossings for centuries, marking a path which used to mark the Ickneald Way. So one of Norfolk's quirky spirits, the story of Lord Dacre is a tragic one and is open to interpretation as to whether his untimely death was a terrible accident 
or murderer. So after the dissolution of the monasteries, St. George's nunnery was given to Sir Richard Falmerston, an English politician, by Henry VIII, and it was turned into a house. So born in 1561, George was the only surviving son of Baron Thomas Dacre and succeeded his father on July 1st, 1566, at the tender age of five years old. So soon after, his widowed mother married Thomas Howard, the fourth Duke of Norfolk, but she died in childbirth in September 1567, so the boy and his three sisters were left in the care of their grieving stepfather. And summoned to Parliament as a five-year-old, can you imagine, George died on May the 17th, 1569, at the age of seven. He was staying with his uncle, Sir Richard Fulmerston who the Duke of Norfolk had appointed as Little Lord Dacre's guardian. So there are two stories regarding the little boy's death, and the first is recorded. Philip Howard, Earl of Arundel, said that the lad was slain casually at Thetford by the fall of a vaulting horse upon him. Now a vaulting horse is a, like a rocking horse, I suppose, well, yeah, you know. A coroner's report adds that after Little Lord Dacre had eaten in a dining chamber, in the Thetford house, he had wandered off to explore, and delighted to find a vaulting horse. Right, so it's another, it's a vaulting horse, a you know, rocking horse. Uh, in another part of the house, he had tried to clamber upon it, but it stood at four and a half feet by six feet long. So it's basically the size of a fucking pony was this yeah. thing, right? And he was unable to jump on its back. And he tried to adjust the horse so he could climb aboard for a ride, and in doing so, he took away a pin that supported the back legs of the toy. And it collapsed on him, crushing his head and killing him instantly. But another story claimed a wicked uncle, keen to get his hands on young George's inherited land in Cumberland, pulled the pin out so Lord Dacre's rocking horse, so that it would be thrown from it when it broke. And when the child fell, his head shattered against the wall, Ugh. and the blood stains from his wound could not be cleaned for a hundred years. Whoa. While his ghost fled to the nearby bridge to ride his headless rocking horse for the rest of time. Whoa. So, what is it—a rocking horse or a vaulting horse? Isn't vaulting horses in exercise or something? You used to jump over. That's it. Yeah, very much so. That's what we were. Yeah, that's bit what. Of a shit exercise. I never got point of it. But no, I didn't. I didn't really yeah. get it. I think so. Yeah. More like a little rocking horse with no weight. Yeah, that's that's what it was like. Or whether the head got knocked off. I'm not too sure yeah. either, you know. He's like, got knocked off for sure. Yeah, but exactly. That would have been absolutely knacked by this. So, whatever the story behind the death of little Lord Dacre, his ghost was reputed to haunt Nuns Bridge, riding up and down the bridge on a headless rocking horse. The phantom became so troublesome around blue bridges, as they were known, that in an effort to calm it, local people threw a pound of new candles into the Little Ooze River and ordered the spirit not to return until they were burned completely. In water, the car, yeah, burn or some, some trick. that's it. So, the same whether the recipe works or not is not noted, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah, so the grade two listed bridges, right in Nunsbridge Road. So, there's a couple, it seems like there's a few bridges there. Mm. Uh, they've got a colourful history, and not just due to little Lord Dacre and his rocking horse, it was the site of a ducking stool 
Whoa. So that's where, for those who don't know, that's what they used to use to sort of like um, to test witches, I believe, weren't they? Yeah. Where, where witches, they were floated, that, um, they were witches, and they sunk, they weren't they were ordinary. <laughs> lose lose situation. <laughs> and in May 1538, three women were ducked as a punishment for scolds. So these were witches, they were just getting told off and nagging their husbands. For scold? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, that's it. That, you know, scolding was, yeah, scolding, yeah. because there was another device they had. Have you heard of scolds bridle? No. And that's basically it's like a metal helmet, like a like a, 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 a lattice helmet. <laughs> yeah. That goes on a woman's head. Right. They get bolted into it, but a metal plate goes into the mouth and presses the tongue down, oh so my you can't speak. God. And Can you just, swallow? It, oh, it's very uncomfortable, oh. it, you know. And it's and that's that, just for a nagging wife. Yeah, that's what you say. If you turned around and said, "My wife's going out as a little bit," you know, I've had enough. They could get they could get seen up in court for it. And if they're found guilty of this thing, then they could may, might be made to wear a skull's bride. Wow. Or, or sent to the fucking ducking still. Can he still do all this? Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wifey. <laughs> and in 2019, the bridge was fixed after a Norfolk County Council contractor used the wrong colour bricks which left locals seeing red. <laughs> so as you can see, back then it was skulls and... and you know, dead kids on rocking horses and yeah, stuff yeah. like this, you know, but nowadays we complain because it bricks out right <laughs> you know. Another ghost is associated with the ruins of the nunnery, and it's a phantom horse, and it's meant to be seen jumping through the jagged flint walls, but uh, this has a head, uh, so uh, you know yeah. what I mean. Do you want my next question? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there you go, yet again, more strangeness from Norfolk. Wow. That's horrible, though, isn't it? A kid on a, you know, like on a um, wooden horse, thinking, playing its horses, and it's moving and floating around. Is that coming at you? Oh, right, fast, and him cackling. Oh, oh, fun. You know, oh. oh God, little Damien motherfucker. It's horrible, isn't it? You know what I mean? Weird shit. Yeah. If you're going to see a ghost, you want to see something that's sort of like a classic, classic, you know classic, what I mean? A lot yeah. of chains on it. Ooh, yeah, ooh, you don't want to see Then you say, oh, God, I got haunted by What, what do yeah. you get haunted by? Oh, a little kid on a rocking horse oh. coming at us at speed. Yeah, Exactly. Steve, what have you been taking? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah. I've got this cheese loving supplier on the Stuff in here, oh, isn't it? I forgot that. We can't have had this. Well, this is terrible. It's hot. Say you didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> we needed it with a shandy bass oh, one or something. Yeah, honestly, a cold drink would be lovely. Oh, crack open a window. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. Smell your ass, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I'm good gluten intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> if I eat a pie, you'd know about it. Like that. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Could kill me. <laughs> <laughs> pie, pie dead. <laughs> I'll tell you something that could definitely kill you. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to hear, right? I want warnings, yeah. It's a garden. A garden can kill you. A garden that can kill you. Ooh. I bet, actually, yeah. I can see a few hazards. So this is a piece by Natasha Galing for Smithsonian Magazine, right? And it says, Step inside the world's most dangerous garden, if you dare. Mm -hmm. And this is at Annick Castle, right? Which is it's spelled Alnwick Castle. So A L N W I C K, Annick, right? And they have 
the Poison Garden. I've had to say, that's what my guess were going to be like, it's all like Agatha Christie stuff in there. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's great, is this? So the Annick Garden is one of North of England's most beautiful attractions, where acres of colourful plants invite visitors to wander through rows of fragrant roses, manicured topiaries and cascading fountains. But within Annick's borders, kept behind black iron gates, is a place where visitors are explicitly told not to stop and smell the flowers. <laughs> the Poison Garden, home to 100 famous killers. Wow, 100. So in 1995, Jane Percy became the Duchess of Northumberland, a county in northeastern England that stretches to the border with Scotland, after her husband's brother died unexpectedly. With the title came the Annick Castle, the traditional seat of the Duke of Northumberland, and also for certain of our listeners, uh, it also served as a setting for Hogwarts in oh, the first right. two Harry Potter films. Ooh. So I've been here actually. Been, yeah. yeah, I've been been to it. Yeah. So after the family took up residence in the castle, Percy's husband asked her to do something with the gardens, which at the time were a disused commercial forestry, boasting nothing more than rows and rows of Christmas trees. That's all it was, wasn't it? You know. And the Duchess says, "I think he thought." This will keep her quiet. She'll just plant a few roses and that'll be it. Right? How wrong he was. <laughs> <laughs> but, per, but Jane Percy did more than plant a few roses. In 1996, she hires Jacques Versts, a landscape architect who worked with the Tuileries in Paris and the gardens of the French president's residence to help reimagine Annick Garden. Now, get this. Today, the garden encompasses 14 acres now, so that's a big old size, is that? And it attracts over 600,000 visitors a year, making them one of North of England's most popular tourist attractions. She said, I realised I could do something really great if I had the right team, but she knew she needed more than a good team. She needed something to put her project apart from the other gardens that dot the English countryside, you know? So she was after doing something a little bit different. So she thought she might want to include an apothecary garden, which is something I'm really, really into is this idea. Because apothecary gardens are where you have like legitimate medicines. Alright. Oh, so yeah. you can go in there and they'll have loads of things and medicinal herbs. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah a really good that. idea. You know, and yeah. a lot of like nunneries, a lot of uh, 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 monasteries. Yeah, that's it, abbeys or something. Yeah, yeah, they had all these things, apothecary apothecary gardens and stuff. Oh. And that's where you'd go and grow all these special herbs for tinctures yeah. and you know, and poultices and all sorts of stuff oh. to help you grill, you know. And she was gonna do this, right? After visiting the infamous Medici Poison Garden, hmm. the Duchess became enthralled with the idea of creating a garden of plants that could kill instead of heal. Wow. And another trip, this one to the archaeological site of the largest hospital in medieval Scotland, where the Duchess learned about soporific sponges soaked in henbane, opium and hemlock, used to anaesthetise amputees during 15th century surgeries, they reinforced her interest in creating a garden I thought this is a way to interest children, she says. <laughs> children don't care that aspirin comes from a bark of a tree. What really in- what's really interesting to- is to know how the plant kills you and how the patient dies and what you feel like before you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, kids love that shit. Do you want to see the gates to the poison yeah, garden? Man. Man, she's straight goth, ain't she? she is. But a poison garden, skull and crossbones, a lot. Ice it, for kids. That says these plants can kill. You wow. know. So the Duchess set about collecting poisonous plants from her, 
for her envisioned poison garden. So while selecting 100 varieties that would eventually take root there, she had only one steadfast requirement. Plants had to tell a good story. That means that exotic killers like South America's Brugmansia would mingle with more common poisons, such as laurel hedges, right? Alright, laurel hedges, yeah. poisonous. What's extraordinary about the plant it, plants is that it's the most common ones that people don't know killers. So laurel hedges, nearly ubiquitous in English gardens, can be highly toxic. So oh. all the different sort of things, you know, it's like, the weird thing is like, um, uh, a species of laurel is a bay leaf. Wow, and they're tasty. And they're tasty. Yeah. But you can get a bay, bay tree, which is fine, but there's other, other bay laurels that you can get a laurel, which are poisonous. Oh. So you've got to be careful, don't just oh. pluck them off a bush, you need to know which one you're getting. Yeah. But some visitors have experienced with laurel's sinister side. Duchess has heard a few talk about how, after loading their cars with pruned laurel leaves to take to the dump, drivers have fallen asleep behind the wheel of their car from the toxic fumes the branches emit. Wow, so fumes, not just ingesting it, can be the fumes. Yeah, yeah. God, that's it. Can you imagine that? Because of the plant's dangerous qualities, visitors to the poison garden are prohibited from smelling, touching, or tasting any of them. Still, even with the guidelines in place, mm. visitors can fall victim to the plants. This past summer, seven people reportedly fainted from inhaling toxic fumes while walking through the garden. Wow. People think we're being overdramatic when we talk about not smelling the plants, but I've seen the health and safety reports, she says. <laughs> and as part of the Poison Garden's educational mission, the Duchess grows a variety of drugs. From cannabis to cocaine. Gosh, she's allowed yeah. to. Derived from the leaves of the coca plant, of course. Yeah. Which she and the garden guides use as a jumping off point for drug education. Mm-hmm. It's a way of educating children without having them realise they're being educated, she says. And other poisonous plants might be less well known to visitors, but are no less potent. One of the Duchess's favourite plants is the Brugmansia, or Angel's Trumpet. A member of the Solanaceae uh, family, which includes so this includes deadly nightshade, and that grows in the wilds of South America. And it's an amazing aphrodisiac before it kills you. <gasps> so you get right horny. Yeah. So that's oh. where it gives you an angel's trumpet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and it says, explaining that Victorian ladies would would often keep a flower from the plant on their cars tables and add a small amount of its pollen to their tea to an insight in it. LSD-like trip. You're joking. And Angel's Trumpet is an amazing way to die because it's quite pain-free, the Duchess says. A great killer is usually an incredible aphrodisiac. Whoa, so to kill themselves, or were they just getting a tiny bit to go on the trip? They're getting a tiny bit to get a bit of a tingle on the trip and get a bit of a a bit fizzy in the tuppence. My God, that's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like... But if you think of the Victorians, though, I mean, everything was killing them. Yeah. You know, I mean, but one of the biggest killers in the Victorian household, do you know what it was? Lead, I think. Uh, well, lead, uh, there's a lot of lead in things like the wallpaper and things like this. Super, yeah. super dangerous was that. There's also yeah. loads of um, poisonous, uh, um, again, I think mercury and all sorts of yeah. stuff in the wallpapers, I believe. One of the biggest killers were the stairs. Wow. Because it was only towards the end of the Victorian era that they actually started to regulate regular steps to stairs. Right, yeah. So because people were getting crammed into sort of like houses, which in fact very much like 
you know, the lighthouse steps. Yeah, yeah. Bit steep, aren't they? Not, uh, but because they took the sizes away, because they had to get to the second uh, layers and stuff like this for people, they, they, they changed the size of steps, made them narrower, made them steeper, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, just like yours. And, um, but that's what was killing people. People and also size of steps. So what one might have been, I don't know, six inch high drop for a stair. The next stair might have been seven inch. The next Jesus, one might be four inch. Yeah. So he's tripping and stumbling. You can't get a rhythm up coming yeah, up and down yeah. stairs. And the good chances you fall down and break your neck. Bloody you know. Hell. So whether a plant kills with pleasure or with pain, visitors can count on walking away from the poison garden with an entertaining anecdote. Most plants that kill are quite interesting, says the Duchess. Ooh. <laughs> That's it. I love to have a walk around. Oh, that'd yeah, be yeah. scary, wouldn't it? I want a full gas mask on it. Yeah, you want to be. You want to be careful. You wouldn't want to brush against anything, yeah, would you? Yeah. Like you say, just even so you can fall over. You know, big bushes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rolling round it. Fell in my mouth. Got in my eyes. Got kid. <laughs> oh, be horrible, wouldn't it? I know. Uh, I knew you would as well. I know. I just spaz out. I'm bad enough with stairs. I lived in a terraced house. Um, when uh, our lass were pregnant, and in the middle of the night, she used to she wanted co- sweet corn with sugar on it. You know what I mean? What like frozen, like green giant? Or yeah, green giant. Sugar it. on it. Yeah, microwave it for a bit. Brown sugar all over it. She lapped it up like a pooch. She loved it. <laughs> but every night, she, you know, I'm like half cut asleep. You know what I mean? Snoring my head off, and she'd wet me up like go get me sweet corn, and I'd get up, and these stairs were tiny. I mean, yeah. the smallest stairs ever. You know, first night, just all the way down, down the stairs, you know what I mean? Fucked you back. <laughs> yeah, we're all right. I used to just tuck, because if you try grab out at something, you just snap all your bones, don't you? Oh. I figured out the best thing is just to go like... Like you're know, on the bobsled. Yeah, bobsled, like <laughs> tense up and just take it, you know what I mean? It was weird to go like bounce my feet off the bottom of it. And he got to a deal, you know, and I was just like jumping down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so you get down stairs. I won't even bother him trying, I was just taking it, you know. Just what throw mean? yourself downstairs, like <laughs> Mrs. Doyle every yeah. time. Every day and every night, like, oh, do- never a bruise on me. But God always looks after a drunk, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's your drug of choice. Exactly. <laughs> Even though we're on all the arcade, it's reached that time again. Oh, not that time already. It is, I'm afraid, <laughs> arcade. It does come round. I don't know, but like I say, we're on our Jolly Bobs. Exactly. But, you know, I think it might even be time for our Jolly Bobs to be over. I think we have to go, go back and go work back on home. Later. Yeah, it's been a nice time. Yeah, it's lovely. been Can a lovely have... hour away. <laughs> Can we do Monopoly next time? <laughs> oh, God, I hate Monopoly. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's the most evil game going. I love it for that evilness. It brings out the worst in everybody. Well, that's why it's so fun. Yes. <laughs> I like a bit of Ticket to Ride, that's one of my favourite. Ticket to Ride? Yeah, yeah that's that. that. So it's a train game, you build that little train oh, tracks and stuff, it's great fun. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's a good one. And we, well, we'll play that next time, that's yeah, what we'll yeah. do, you know. But I know before, like you and stuff like this, you, you've keeping up with young lads out in docks and stuff. And well, like, I'll try you, it, you, yeah. The TikToks, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> they are, I'll yeah. end up being in them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you end up dancing for their pleasure. Yeah. It's quite good. Well, the thing is, as well, he's a guy after our own heart, is this, right? And this guy's called Zhang Yiming, right? And he's one of the founders of TikTok, right? Oh, he's a Chinese one, yeah. Yeah, that's it, you know? It says, Zhang Yiming will change roles after saying he lacks the right skills to manage 
and prefers reading and daydreaming. Wow. So he's quitting. He's just quitting. Yeah. Is that That's enough, right? brilliant, yeah. So the Chinese boss of TikTok's parent company has said he is leaving the role because he lacks managerial skills <laughs> and prefers reading and daydreaming to running the tech giant. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So he's the co- co-founder of ByteDance. That's what it's called. Yeah. Who started it? That created uh, the TikTok app. And he said on Thursday that he will step down as a chief executive and transition to a new role by the end of the year, focusing on long-term strategy. So Liang Rubo, with whom he set up the firm, will take over the role. So the issue they've got at the moment is like Beijing sort of tightening up everything on the tech sector and yeah, stuff like yeah. this, you know. And it's um, they're giving him a load of shit. They're sort of saying like um, they're claiming that flouting monopoly rules and they're issuing staff warnings to companies, right? Yeah. Um, but what, I think what they're doing is a lot of the time they're trying to get into the company so they can yeah. sort of like do sort of data harvesting and things like this. Like some, but some companies are really sort of trying to sort of like Alibaba is one of them. Yeah. is trying to sort of re- resist. But yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah that's it. Them all. But in an unusually candid open memo by one of Asia's new tech rich, Zhang said, "The truth is, I lack some of the skills that make an ideal manager." I'm more interested in analysing organisational and market principles than actually managing people. The 38-year-old added that he is also not very social, preferring solitary activities like being online, reading, listening to music and daydreaming about what may be possible. <laughs> oh, what a lad! I'm liking this guy, you know yeah. what I mean? I think that's the thing. But then that's, that's the problem we've got now, is that people nowadays have got to be this, got to be driven, yeah. got to be do, you know, got reaching out for the stars all the time, you know. But sometimes maybe it's good to to take a step back oh, mate. Say, it's the know. best honestly I've done it before I've like you know what, what do you mean that's all you've ever done <laughs> <laughs> I've been really done it in yeah. my life <laughs> you know that bit like you've got stuff to do it's like no I'm just, you know when you get that bit of sun coming through a window just curl up in like curl up like a cat in it and just go to sleep for a bit <laughs> it's a lovely feeling have you done this yeah I've done it lots <laughs> I, it's hard me walking past it. if it's coming through a window I think just five minutes, a little snooze. <laughs> See, I'm not very good at treating myself like uh, this. Oh, I treat myself all day long. You know, <laughs> and then long. it's a big treats at night, you know what I mean? That's all they're living is treats. <laughs> treats for the many all the time. <laughs> you got to do, man. It's all that work, work, work. It's just no. We didn't do work, work, work. There's no fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's got to do it, I <laughs> <laughs> well, you take a step back in for daydreaming. I'm a little snooze in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he wants to be, uh, wants to be more honest this this bloke, doesn't he? Yeah. He's basically taking a step back because he wants to do more drinking and wanking, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I think he's a pla- I thought we were going to bring it into it that the platform takes the simple pleasures away, like you're writing and reading and you're daydreaming. It's like, it's all aspiring again in TikTok. Like, look at me doing my dad's. Yeah. I'm finding it so funny that I'm tits wobbling about everywhere. Yeah, like, you're doing it's ridiculous. You're fucking shouting at people on the street and stuff. It's just, oh, give up. It's yeah. a shit platform. No, I, I, I won't have it. Because as I said before, we said the other week that, you know, we're watching it. I just, I'll watch this and watch it for 45 minutes. Yeah. Didn't learn anything. Didn't understand yeah, anything. Yeah, just, yeah. But you get drawn in. You just, yeah, just stare at it. So it's yeah, worse as Facebook of that kind of look at me culture as well. Yeah, of course it is. You know, I think what you need, I, th- I think if these, I like to think anything you look at or you know you do, it has to be kind of improving in some ways. Uh, and I believe this with Kraken Cove as well. Yeah. Because people, you want to, you know, you, you, there's all sorts, there's all sorts of bullshit we're talking about. Yeah. But then again, we, you know, there's educational too. Yeah. You do learn yeah. stuff. You know. Well, just a private thing, a private joys, isn't it? It doesn't have to be shared. You know, why haven't they force it down other people's? Throat, she'll look at me on my 
silly holiday where you know nice players and jet skis and just so happen to be caught by a camera it's like no oh, no you stage gits <laughs> no that's it it's absolutely true is that you want to the sim there's lots to be said for the simple Oh, and there's few simpler lives than that of a cracking cover like Nowski. Exactly. There? And I think we found the secret of happiness here. Yeah, yeah. me being simple. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong with that, our kid. <laughs> I just wish I could be a bit simpler at times. <laughs> it's a lovely world. <laughs> but, but wait, wait, look here. The sun's just shining through the caravan window. Oh. And it's me thinking we could just go straight back, right? And if you look, there's that window there, it's coming through there, and this one at side. There's two little sun patches on the floor. Oh, come, come on, on, let's have a little cuddle up and yeah. <laughs> get down here. Oh, oh. So just, oh yeah, but you got me going. <sighs> so just before we go, I'm going to have to say it's a big goodbye from Matt. And well, it's a snoozy bye bye from a Benny. Night, night. Night, night, guys. Three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at Kraken Cove. Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!